Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to the Intuitive Kids podcast. Friends, I have a very special friend myself. Her name is Kathy Kerr, and Kathy has gone through my Angel Reiki school. She's been in my Angel membership. She's also been a teacher. She is a retired teacher, uh, having worked as a teacher for decades, and she is going to be helping me from time to time with episodes for the Intuitive Kids podcast. She's going to be doing some interviews So please join me in welcoming Kathy Kerr to the Intuitive Kids Podcast. I really hope that you enjoy her episodes. Thank you so much for listening, friends. Hope you enjoy. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Intuitive Kids Podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Kerr, and I'm excited to have Shelly Fuller on the show today. Shelly and I have worked closely together for the past eight years. I like to call Shelly the amygdala queen, and you'll find out what that means. Shelly has a master's in social work and is a school social work providing counseling services for over 400 second and third graders daily in the classroom, small group, and individually. With more than 20 years experience in mental health services, she is focused on helping little people with big feelings or what we big people call self-regulation. One of her dreams is to see a paradigm shift swing towards more social and emotional learning in the educational system. So welcome, Shelly. Thanks, Kathy. It's so good to see you. It's good to see you, you too. Classroom's not at the school, so I'm virtually in your classroom. (laughs) Oh, excited. Okay, so today we're going to talk about anger, and this is a sort of a subject because a lot of times, Shelly, we when kids are angry, we they take that as sort of a negative. Mm-hmm. And we all experience feelings and it is uncomfortable, but it is something everybody experiences in their life. And so I guess my question would be, what is anger for all the kids out there watching? What is anger? And when I get angry, what do I do with it? Absolutely. Like anger, like you said, is an uncomfortable feeling. A couple of things about anger, and then I'll go into the brain, is that when we are angry, there's usually another emotion. So we are feeling. We always say that anger is a secondary emotion or feeling. There's usually something else below the surface, whether it's um, sadness, embarrassment. You know, a kid gets embarrassed and they'll react angry that way too. Um, It's not a bad feeling, you know, anger is created to protect us and give us energy because usually we feel threatened when we're angry. And so I'll just jump into the brain. Here we go. So um, this hand model of the brain was created by Dan Siegel. So um, any parents out there, you can Google that video too. And Some of your kids might know this, some of them might not, but it really helps in talking about feelings and kind of knowing what's going on in the body. And kids love to learn about their brain. They think it's really cool. So here we are, this front part, you know, is all of this is the cortex, but we say prefrontal cortex up here. And that's like behind my forehead. So all you kids out there, that front part is the boss of your brain. So that part makes the decisions. 
What did you eat today if you got to decide? What clothes did you wear? So any decision-making is right up there. And then if I open it up, then I have in here like the limbic system. It kind of works on its own, but this top part helps to control it really. So here, back here, I have my amygdala. And that's where I tell the kiddos their feelings are at. So notice the boss of my brain tries really hard to control those feelings. But sometimes that amygdala will pop and I flip my lid. And then I'm going to jump back here right in front of the amygdala is the hippocampus, which is a funny word. We think of hippopotamus at my school and laugh about it. But that is where your memories are. And a memory can create a feeling such as anger. And I think another important thing for kids to know about um, anger in their amygdala is we always talk about too about caveman days. You know, way back then, they were, I mean, living to survive. And so the brain was always wired, scan, 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 scan for danger. And so when they saw danger, that's when the amygdala said, oh, here comes a big bear. The prefrontal cortex isn't going to say to the amygdala, is that a friendly bear? Is that a nice bear? Is that bear hungry? No, the human brain is fascinating because it was wired to say, we don't got time to think. Now's the time to flip my lid and be safe. But what can happen in anger is our brain is still wired that way. So if I feel threatened, I'm still hardwired for my lid to flip like that, even though I might not have to react in a really big way with that anger. And again, you know, those things of what's happening around me. So I kind of went on a rant. I hope that made sense. <laughs> I think it made real good sense. It makes sense because it shows children, it shows them an image and it gives them something to compare it to. And sometimes I think we need to, to do that and, you know, story times and, and things like that. So when we're anger, when we're angry or when kids get angry, how do they identify that it's, I mean, most kids will think if they're frustrated, they're angry. If they're, um, you know, if they're embarrassed, they're angry. Like you said, how do I, we identify that it's anger? I know it is a tricky one, but. It's kind of if you have time or to teach kids this more so is I like to scale things really from one to 10 and then talk about situations that make them angry. And then we might write those, we might draw those. And from whatever they have developed for me, I'll start to break down. Was it frustration? You know, what's the difference between frustration and anger? What's the difference between embarrassment and anger? So that is a little coaching part of it. But I think if there's, you know, as a parent or even as a, a child or teenager listening to this, I think what I would say first to them is just really your heart rate's going to get up really fast when you're angry. There's going to be intense things happening in your body when you are angry, like I said, my, my fists get really tight and um, my grandma only had an eighth grade education, but she intuitively understood how the brain works. And she would let me do what I needed to do to regulate myself. 
sometimes I'd break my toys, whatever, but she made sure I was safe. And when I was done, then we would talk about it, which I think was pretty cool for her being that old. But she would always say to me, Shelly, pay attention to your body. Your body knows before your brain. And I'm like, wow, that's the research now, you know, just pay attention. Right. And we help and we need to help kids. You know, I always like to use stories and they're really good about picking out the angry and why this child would be angry in a story. But sometimes it's hard to cross that over, you know, to your own feelings. But I know I always talk about your face really gets hot usually, you know, and you said your body heat, you clench your fists and your muscles get tense. And so I guess we are looking at sometimes as adults, we don't do real well at this, but kids, how do they, or how can they figure out what triggers them? Because, you know, we all get triggered by different things. Yeah, absolutely. I think for me, what was really exciting this year, because this was the first year for second grade that I focused only on feelings And, and, you know, I kept increasing the lesson or scaffolding, what do you call that? kept going in teaching world. And um, I would have kids walk past me in the hallway and, and talk about what's happening around you, Miss Fuller. Or I'd have kids stop and say to me, I was really angry on the playground and my feet, I wanted to kick something. So they were starting to be able to notice where they were feeling it on their body. And then when I would say, well, what was happening right before you wanted to kick something? And they were like, they wouldn't let me play soccer. So it was really just building that first step that we've been talking a lot about in my body, but really getting them to go back to what is happening around me. How am I reacting? So if I can make a link to what is happening around me, every time I get angry, then I'm going to know my triggers. I'm going to know, like when I hear something loud, it triggers me. I'm going to know when everyone tells me, no, it triggers me. Or yeah, when my friend won't share, that's a trigger for me. So those, just those kinds of things for kids and, you know, parents to just really identify that. And if parents can say to their kid, like, oh man, my heart's beating really fast right now. So that's telling me I'm frustrated and what's triggering it is this slow driver in front of me, you know, by the more we can talk out loud about stuff like that, then it also helps, helps kids. Right. Because then we are role models for them and show them. Um, You've sort of brought up a really interesting topic when you said loud noises or tapping when sometimes when a child will tap their pencil and and sometimes I think, um, Shelly, is that we cross over for really sensitive kids yeah. and they get, and they sort of get not explosive, but they're amygdala, they're their takeoff. Yes. And it really isn't that they're angry. It is be, it is that their sensory system is overloaded. Mm-hmm. And that to me is, has been a really huge eye opener so that kids know that I'm not angry. I'm overloaded. I need right. a break. I need to do something that will help me now. So any thoughts on that or anything that um, I, or did we mention that about? Right? 
No, I think that's an important thing to go back to and to talk about because it fits into that anger is always a second emotion. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I'm feeling sensory overloaded right now, but my body is coming off that I'm angry. My brain has taken over, you know, my amygdala has taken over and I can't tell you that I'm overwhelmed or that I'm having overstimulation. And so, you know, to help kids kind of figure that out, or if you're a kid or teenager listening, you know, just try to keep that in mind. And I always tell little people, your job now isn't to master this. Your job now is to really just try. So when that happens, I can try. Or when the event is over, I can go, oh yeah, what did Miss Fuller say? What was happening around me? And then, you know, that breathing, the more we can really practice it when we're calm and then try to engage that, I will show the kids that the breathing, because it does it all on its own, is my lid is flipped and now I'm, and it just comes down naturally. And that's a hard skill to learn, but it also doesn't mean that's, you know, the only one where we start, I think, you know, giving space. Right. And if we teach children, then as adults, we have learned that skill. And so I guess the one thing that I um, always tried really hard to do as a as a mother and as a um, as an early or lower elementary educator, I really tried to let the kids have a voice because I think so often if they can't express to us how they're feeling, or I need a break, or that tapping is driving me nuts, or the lights are giving me a headache. If we don't listen to them and, and really, and I guess it goes back to validating. Yeah. Okay. We understand that, that this is happening. What do you need to take, to, to let it happen? I know um, that in the last few years, we had that uh, tent peace tent, I think we called it. And kids would go in there. And at first, I had a lot of children going in. But towards the end, they really didn't need it. You know, it was more like, okay, I can, I can relax. And there are things that you can do even in the house, sounds that bother kids get the headphones. Um, I usually had two or three kids that would wear those soundproof headphones, not when I'm talking, but when they're trying to do something on their own. So they it sort of distracts. And I don't know if it's totally soundproof or it gives them something like protection. Yeah. They're protecting themselves. I think so. And it's amazing what that can do to kids that have a heightened sensory awareness really around them. And that just helps like a blanket when you're cold, you know, it just gives you a sense of, of security. Um, you know, sometimes when people go, well, they just need to ask for help or mm-hmm. they just need to tell me. Interesting enough, again, reading up on things and um, you've kind of said this before, Kathy, these kiddos are lacking communication skills. So when this amygdala takes over, whether it's a fear response, anxiety, worry, or angry, I can't communicate. I'm up here. I don't know how to ask for help. So um, some strategies there are saying to engage with kids and just having back and forth conversations. Because if I don't feel safe with you as an adult, or if I don't know how to have a conversation, even if it's a minute or two, 
you know, as a teacher, what's that two by 10, you can take 10 minutes for the first 30 days or two minutes or what, you know, and have a back and forth conversation with kids because then that helps build there and to, and to learn how to communicate when they need help then too. Right. Well, and I think it's something that we all need. We all experience anger. Um, some of us quicker than others. I used to be very quick at anger, but I have learned over the past, especially the past couple of years, how to really calm that down and identify, um, am I angry at somebody else or am I angry at myself? And so if we, the more we can teach kids, I think it's just going to help the whole world, the, our communities, because once they learn that and they can move on, and again, we need to validate and make sure that they um, have all the things they need to go on. And I know it, it's difficult. It's difficult in the classroom. It's difficult as a parent if you have more than one child. It's difficult, Shelly, as we both know, kids that have meltdowns in the in the home. Yeah. And we try, but it doesn't always, you know, it doesn't always work. And yeah, me taking on the new experience of being a guardian, you know, with a teenager that's can flip her lid, but the beautiful thing I should say there is she had some awareness of her brain before she came to live with me. And that would be, we would communicate that way. Like I would say my amygdala is right here or she'd go, I, I I'm here, you know, so even to have that language, but also a lot with her was saying, it's okay to be angry. You're not a bad person. If you're angry we just have to figure out what you're going to do with that anger to keep yourself safe and other people safe. So. Right. And sometimes we even the countdown count back from 10, which again is basically breathing. Cause as you do that, you slow your breathing down and, you know, um, just, just the breathing. I think it all comes back to just slowly breathing and validating children. I think, I think if we'd ask them, they'd just say they want to be heard. Yeah. You know, everyone we all want to be heard. heard. Right. And I, think too there is you can have some kids that say like I need music and I would say I love that you love music I love that you know that calms you down but we have to have more things available because we're not always going to be in a place where we can use music because I can't always use music and I'm an adult so I have to know other ways too so okay well Shelly we have these conversations we used to have them quite often, and now we're doing it on the Intuitive Kids podcast, and I'm sure that will help some of the children. I know that you've helped many, many students as I watched, and I've learned helped me to regulate myself. So I just thank you so much for being on the podcast, and I'm grateful that um, I was able to work with you for eight years, and I am so grateful that you are sharing your knowledge with the rest of the kids out there that are listening. And for all you kids listening, remember, you are kids and you need to be kids. I'm Kathy Kerr. Until we meet again, friends, have a wonderful day. Want more episodes? Check out our parent podcast, Angels and Awakening. Beautiful souls, if you're super excited to develop your own intuition, go to theangelmedium.com and become an angel member today. Angel membership is for the whole family. Parents get access to hundreds of hours of past course content, new intuitive development circles, events, small groups, and more. 
And now kids get access to spiritual workshops, pre-recorded energy healings, and live events just for them. Start today at theangelmedium.com. And if you're the family who's really excited, you're ready to go all in developing all of your unique spiritual gifts, kids ages 14 and up can now enroll in my angel Reiki school with a parent. That's for the healers among us who feel called to grow their intuition to the max and serve humanity with their gifts. You'll learn Reiki energy healing, mediumship, how to deliver angel messages, and how to start your own family business. That's the Angel Reiki School at theangelmedium.com. Details are in the show notes. Now, do you want to do an exercise with me? Imagine God is pouring unconditional love through the top of your head. This unconditional love fills your body with yummy, shimmering energy from head to toe. So much so that God's love begins to radiate out from your entire body, from your heart, like rays of energy radiating out from the sun. Imagine God's infinite, unconditional love flows from your heart to everyone you love, to everyone in your school, to everyone listening to this podcast, and back to you. Your angels remind you they're always looking out for you, guiding you, directing you, protecting you. Talk to God and your angels all day long and listen to your heart for the positive, loving messages they have just for you.